All right, here we go, everyone. It's that time of the week. It's a healthy obsession, the podcast covering soccer culture from around the world. I am your host, Adam Thurwell. The show is brought to you by Small Goal Soccer, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And today's show is all about Acid FC. Acid FC is a design collective based out of London. They're doing a bunch of really interesting work in the football space, mixing fashion and culture through psychedelic means. It is a fascinating project. I had a great time talking to Ed for the show. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about what it's like to design a football kit for a professional football team, which Acid FC have just done for Red Star Paris alongside Adidas. Those kits are amazing. If you haven't seen them already, check them out. And we're covering loads more bits today on the show from football, fashion, music, everything in between, grassroots football. There's loads of different pieces, something for everyone in this show today. It's really interesting. Hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoy talking to Ed. And we're going to get into the show now. Cheers. If we kick off maybe just talking about uh, what Acid FC is, is uh, people that maybe don't know. Yeah, so I guess I guess you'd say it's an art project that's turned into something and I'm not sure where it's going to go just yet, which is exciting. Um, you know, I've, I've been a designer for many years and I think as, as with a lot of your, um, the people that you've spoken to before, is it's this weird, we're in this weird zone where it feels like a lot of designers are suddenly realizing that they can express themselves with football being the focus. And I think I was the same. I, you know, it was about th- three years ago, I just thought I'd set up an Instagram page and start basically playing and, you know, doing art based around football. And it was just kind of any ideas that grabbed me, you know, illustrations, playing with sponsors, shirts, you name it. And just kind of get it all out. You know, I've kind of, as a designer, I think you sort of taught often, or you should be, to get everything out. Because once you've got it all out, you start to sort of develop these ideas and they get better and better and better. And, um, yeah, weirdly, I just never really thought it would turn into the thing it has. Well, hoped. But, um, you know, I was doing all this Instagram and then it got a, DM from David Bellion, who's the ex Man United and Sunderland player, yeah. French uh, guy, and um, he, he said, Oh, do you want to have a chat? And I was like, well, Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we, ended, we proceeded to have about an hour's chat about football, life, culture, you name it. And at the end of the call, I said, What did you call me for? <laughs> you know what 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 do you want me to do or what why why did you reach out and yeah. he, he he said you know I'm, I'm i'm the creative director of red star in paris and you know i'm always looking for people to do things and you know really like what you do you know would you fancy kind of doing some with us maybe taking over our instagram feed and i said well that that's quite a lot of work you know that's, that's you know hours a day trying to do it i think I think that'll cost too much. And he went, yeah, we, we haven't really got any budget. So I was like, okay. And then he said, you know, I've got this opportunity for us to design our own kits um, with Adidas for next season. Do you fancy giving it a go? And I mean, nobody says that to anybody, you know. That's something that just doesn't really happen. You know, it's like that dream thing. You know, yeah. it took me right back to being... I think about 12 years old with shoot magazine on my parents living room floor having photocopied a, a page and I'm, I'm absolutely certain it was a page where they'd kind of just painted out the, the kit and it was dean saunders i remember and it, i'm not sure if it was a competition or whether they were just giving you the chance to draw your own with your felt tips draw your own kit and I got my dad to photocopy that page and I must have drawn about, I don't know, a hundred different kits. I don't think I ever sent it in for the competition, whatever it was. And, and I was there again. you're asking me if I want to design the kit for a professional team. Yeah, yeah, okay, third division in French football. Yeah, yeah, I probably do. <laughs> <laughs> that's, an, that's, that's incredible how that came about. I mean, that shows you the power of social media as well. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think for, you know, it's one of those things for anybody 
any young designer or anyone that's got a kind of, yeah, I don't want to sound like Martin Luther King, um, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not as impressive as he is. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, there is social media and the, the way the internet is, does allow you to reach people. And for all those people that are doing, you know, the mock-up kits and, you know, I hear more and more stories like this is the big brands are looking because mm. we're all looking we're all on the internet looking for inspiration for ideas to see what other people are doing and it and it can happen you know so the next bit was david said okay well we haven't got much time to do this and i said okay well you know how much time are we talking you know is it well, about a month what to have the concept to approve the concept to do the artwork to deliver it ready for Adidas to print. I was like, okay, let's have a go. <laughs> yeah, no, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, so thankfully I, you know, worked for myself. So I just told the guys in the studio, I was like, you know, we are doing this. And um, thankfully the concept that I went for, um, they, they really liked. Um, yeah, and it's actually the first thing I saw of your work was the the red uh, red star Paris kits are amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, the, you know, if anyone hasn't seen, obviously, you know, go to uh, I think it's we are asset FC on Instagram or assetfc.com. Um, you know, the red star Paris are a pretty hipster football club. You know, they're, they're trying really hard to to give the football club a a creative kind of side of things to try and attract new fans and i think this is well, i'm sure we'll get onto this you know it's a very interesting way to to kind of market a football club because most of us as football fans you have a have a team it's very hard to to grab people um because you don't want to you know cheat on the team that you already have mm. But then the whole football culture side of things is really allowing people to delve into, you know, other clubs and, and see what's going on. And, you know, obviously the, the number of people now buying football shirts because they're collectible and everything else. But the, um, you know, Red Star are, and David particularly really is, understands that. And I almost think it's a, a template for how other clubs need to be working. Um, I think I'd almost say that they were probably doing it or you know, he was thinking about doing this maybe before PSG because they're seen as the kind of the bastions now of, of, you know, collaborations of looking at other brands of, you know, doing, you know, weird partnerships and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, he, he said to me, the, the club is, is, it's about diversity. It's about socialism, um, it, having everybody, you know, be, feel part of a community um, because it's a small club. So the idea was that this, the, the design was based on the geographical area, the people, the fans, the fact that that area is known for its flea market led me on a path down towards, well, why don't we do something with that kind of classic French wallpaper? It's called Tweel. Hmm. Um, I think I've, I think I've pronounced that correctly. And my French is not very good. Um, so, you know, nothing like, you know, coming up with a concept that isn't straightforward. Therefore, you've got to do loads and loads of artwork. Yeah. So, it, you know, you've got, I think there's 10, 11 scenes that I've depicted throughout the kit. And each one is unique. And it includes history of the club, different badges that they've had, pl different players from different eras. Um, all of which I had to which sort of shared with them about this is where I found this image. They shared some with me. I went digging around the internet looking for stuff as well. But of course, every image had to be approved. You know, if anyone's mm. done, you know, in being in design is if you're going to put something out there, you have to know the people that are on a, an image have signed off on it because mm. it's their image. It's them. Mm. So there was quite a bit of kind of, you know, toing and throwing, and you know, picking out where did he get that guy? Who's this woman? What you know? <laughs> and so a lot of the, you know, I had to kind of tweak quite a bit of it just to kind of make sure that that kind of passed the test because you don't want to get into trouble. You know, yeah. you know the copyright is really important, obviously. 
but th thankfully the whole process you know was done and we we made it i think you know with hours to spare as most projects like this will always be and um you know since since that it's kind of put to about a year ago you know but you may make you realize um quite how long these processes are to design kit i think for anyone listening it's you know, and this is certainly me as well i'm i was thinking well kit designs what there must be about a year ahead maybe you know maybe the kits for next season are maybe done and you realize having sort of spoken to adidas they're about two years ahead hmm. which is interesting because the the trends change right over a season or two seasons maybe so that must be really hard to sort of uh, do your thing in anticipation of what's to come i suppose it makes you realize that the big brands aren't maybe you're just not able to be that on on you know if a sudden trend happens they they can't anticipate it you know they have to do what they're doing and, and plow that furrow because ultimately in many ways they're a logistics company they're a fulfillment house they're the ability that they have is making the profits because they can get all the stock in all the shops around the world in the right mm. time you know and and get people buying stuff but you know always having had these conversations with, with adidas it makes you realize when you see things like the man united third kit that's just been launched that sort of does a camouflage thing and then you've got people you know haters or otherwise just saying hold on a second there's this kit that was done six months ago that, that you know this is a copy and it's like well i know i did ask this too maybe even longer hmm. um you know and so yes yeah, it's, it's 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 been a really interesting learning curve to be part of that um but you know very a very lucky thing i would say i'll you know, hold my hands up i think the whole pro, whole thing i'm not sure it'll ever happen again it feels like you know working with adidas and, and red star on this was a bit of a fluke but i intend to kind of make as much from it as we can yeah so definitely. develop the fc brand and and um you know turn it into what it should be which um at the moment looks as if we've got quite a bit of interest to turn it into a brand in its own right, which is amazing. And, you know, we're really excited about, about that. Well, I think people, I'm probably guilty of it as well. You forget that there's another team in Paris because of the, the shadow that PSG cast, right? And Red Star. There's, got there's, three, there's, there's three, three teams in Paris. Okay. And, and Red Star have got this really like cool history as well, just from reading a bit about the team. I think you mentioned there it's this, uh, kind of rooted in socialism and kind of a, a social cause around the team as well, right? Yeah, very much. You know, I think um, I think it's, it's interesting. You know, I've also worked with Clapton, if, if you're aware of Clapton CC, uh, CCFC, mm. Clapton Community Football Club. Um, the whole probably pod podcast on that in its own right. Um, but, you know, they're a, a anti-fascist football club, very socialist, very community-minded. Um and you know, dealing dealing with a grassroots football team like that, that realizes that its place in in community is to be more than a football club. To you know, do things like food banks. To uh, you know, help people. Um, you know, it's it's so different from the stuff that you see in the Premier League or in the Champions League, and you know, makes you realize that that is also what football is about. And you know the power of football uh, beyond you know what what we're talking about kind of culture and you know um, fashion and things like that. Mm. There's a there is a real power, and I, th I think football clubs are starting to realise that they can make a difference. That they have a responsibility to to you know look after the fans, but you know try and and, and help. I just read an interesting book called uh, How to Run a Football Club by a guy called Jim Keoghan. And it's talking about exactly what you're saying, that especially down the lower leagues and grassroots level, that teams are starting to realize that there's a need to give back to the community as well. But people are just asking, do you think people are just asking for a bit more from their football clubs now than they had previously where they prior to... Or maybe previously there were like two different entities where you've got your football team and <clears throat> you and I would go watch them or you'd buy a shirt or whatever. But do you think that now people are just demanding a bit more from their clubs, whether it's a smaller team or all the way up to the premiership that they're, they're asking? Um, I don't, I, do you know, I, in many ways, I think 
it's not necessarily the demand that's doing this. It's the realisation by the clubs that they have to provide a really good reason for people to, to, to come down and watch a game. Um, you know, they all know, you know, having been involved in grassroots, you know, to a lesser degree, you know, with Clapton is, you know, the football's not great. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's a, there's a big difference, you know, from the Premier League down to the, you know, Division 3, you know, and then into non-league. When you're talking about, you know, 15 steps below the Premier League, you can imagine what you're watching. Right. Um, so, so you have to kind of, you know, really look at um, what goes on on match day, what it feels like being there, you know, enjoying the t- terraces, you know, having a beer, um, you know, trying to do merch in a different way, you know, creating an identity. But, you know, I think at, at that level, you have almost more freedom to do stuff mm. compared to, you know, the, the, the brand guidelines that you might get from a Premier League club. And they're often quite scared at the top level to do anything remotely disruptive, um, even though they often talk about this. You know, so I, th- I think it's, um, I think, you know, the lower league clubs, you know, certain ones, you know, spring to mind, um, like Whitehawk, um, you know, Clapton, um, who are really trying to do different things and be exciting and, you know, get artists involved and, you know, do street art and, mm. bring, you know, get kids down there and, you know, it's, it's really good. Yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting. And do you think that this, the, the sort of sanitization of football maybe over the last however long, maybe 15, 20 years or so, do you think that that is pushing more fans into teams that are lower down the leagues because maybe maybe they're priced out or maybe they just feel a bit of disconnect with the clubs that they grew up Well, I, I grew up sporting Manchester United and obviously I live in the States now, so I'm at a distance anyway, but I've certainly felt that over the years that the clubs sort of like Chevy and like it's like a massive brand, right? Whereas uh, fans, uh, they may be going for a little bit more of that micro sort of community club now, or is, is that, is that maybe just a little romantic of me to think that? No, I think, I think, I think that's absolutely right. I think when you, you know, I'm a Leeds fan actually. Um, and you know, the last 16 years have been quite, quite tough. Yeah. And, you know, you, you kind of, there's been points where, I think most football fans, unless I don't I think if a, a club that's you know had that kind of consistency in that period, that at some point they won't have gone. Do I really want to be spending all my money doing this? <laughs> you know, it's a lot of money. You know, if you are a you know full-on fan, you know, with a season ticket, away tickets, you know, and if and if you're getting nothing out of it, at some point you would be a bit nuts if you didn't go. Is there an alternative? Um. That, does that make me sound like I'm not a real fan? And because, I, but I never turned my back on it. You know, sure. it, it was just it was just a case of you know I, I moved to London anyway, so I couldn't go to as many games. But you know, it was you know this sense of what else is around. You know, I'm just gonna you know, maybe as you get older as well. You know, you, you know you, you settle down with family, you've got less time. So I was looking around and thinking, you know, what what else is there? And you just it's worth exploring. You know, because I think you make a decision on your football club when you when you're young, and um, you know that psychology. You know, that's it forever. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you can't you don't change your club, but maybe you could just go and have a look and see what other people are doing. And I've had a, honestly it's such a good good time going to grassroots football, meeting new people. You know, most of the people at Clapton, it's their second club. You know, they're a you know, Celtic fan, a Man United fan, a Liverpool fan, a Leeds fan, a West Ham fan, a mm. Arsenal fan, but they're a Clapton fan as well. That's good. And it, you know, it's, it's it's incredible. You know, uh, but funny enough, I think you know we've done it. We've also done some work with, with uh, Oakland Roots over in the states, mm. and I think you also spoke to Pete Martin from um, Soccer Bible about this on one of your shows about kind of the difference between U.S. Um, football and and British. And I think it's really interesting that, you know, the, the, the clubs at that USL kind of level uh, are really trying hard to build that sense of community. Yeah, 100%. Um, to, to, you know, to have this identity and, but, you know, make match day more than just going to the game and, you know, as, you know, a Brit, kind of moan for 90 minutes to actually have a smile on your face for 90 minutes, no matter what. And, 
you know, it's that's great. I love it. Yeah, and Oakland Roots are a, a tremendous example of that. And I think you mentioned it just there earlier in the call that clubs, a club like that, deciding that they can control the output and making it like they can make it cool. It doesn't have to be stuffy. It doesn't have to be sort of copy and paste. It can be, you know, an acid FC or it can be something that fans actually want to buy. Like it's, so it's not just like, uh, Oh, another Jersey. And it's like just sort of run of the mill, but like it stands out. It's like, you look at Oakland, Roots brand and I'm not sure what exactly you did for them, but maybe you can tell us Oakland Roots stuff's amazing. Like it pops out. It looks, it's, you go down the list of clubs and it's like, bang, what's that? Like, what, why is that logo yeah. look so different? It's not just like a, you know, a, something, FC and so like clip art type of thing, you know. Oh yeah, I mean you know don't get me started on on kind of you know football merch generally and you know identity of, of, of football clubs. You know it's it's a there's so much kind of copy and paste and and this, and this fear of you know not being obviously identifiable as a football club. Mm. And I think Oakland and I think you know some of these other teams that are you know it would be interesting to see what the likes of like Queensborough FC are going to be doing. Um, uh, you know, when when they kind of, I think they're launching their brand soon, and you know, to try and have this a different identity, I really just hope that they don't do the classic thing of a circle with the name across the top, football right. club underneath, two footballs. You know, is uh, come on, yeah. you know, and Oakland are are, are are that, you know, in spades. You know, they they have, have have created what feels like something that reflects community. It's multicolored, you know, but then it's it's also black and white and. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I approached them and said, I really like what you're doing. Um, you know, I've got a couple of ideas, you know, can we have a chat? And, um, thankfully they returned my call and we, we had a chat and I said, well, you know, what, what could we do? And, you know, when, when you're talking to clubs at that level, I think the great thing is often they're just really open. They just mm. say, well, you know, there's not really any money involved particularly because it's just, you know, a lot of the, a lot of people are involved just for the love of it at, at, at a low level. And I just wanted to help and, you know, help build the brand of what we're doing. So I, I said, well, you know, let me go off and have a think. But my first thought of maybe it's because I'm sat in London is California, um, sunshine, not so much in the Bay area, a lot of, a lot of fog, but <laughs> yeah, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I just thought, well, it kind of, why do we do some skateboard decks? Um, and how how would that work? You know, how would we take the logo and, and turn it into something like, you know, like that? But it was also kind of skateboard decks crossed with scarves. And I think, you know, with, with, with their branding, they've got a multicolored, they, you know, you, the traditional football scarf is, you know, a colour, a, a stripe or two, and then the colour, and then, you know, it's, and you can't do that with theirs because they've got about five colours. Mm. So it was this idea of, you know, you, you, you kind of taking their logo and I, I basically chopped the logo in half and then dragged it out. So you've got the bars of differing widths um, based on a, a cross section of, of the, um, the club logo. And it works really well on a scarf and it works really well on some skateboard decks and, um, so yeah, that's that. I think they're due to launch in the next month or two. It keeps being put back from from because of COVID and you know and other stuff. So, well, and they just so, had a big announcement. Well, they're they're moving into the US now because they've been playing in a, another league, which is sort of third, fourth tier in the US pyramid, and they just announced. That's right. Yeah, they're going to be switching. So we actually have Idris, the co-founder, is going to be on the show next week. So we're going to be talking about that transition. But it's amazing yeah, yeah. what they've done. But yeah, that's, 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 that's who I was, um, we, we were dealing with. That's me, me, myself and Idris were doing this project together. So. And it's great that uh, the clubs at that level uh, are so approachable. Every USL team that we've worked for, we had the president on the show and, and he was so approachable just to talk openly about the league, about they're open-minded about potentially having promotion and relegation, which every American soccer fan wants to see, you know, it's, it's rubbish having a season where you've got teams at the bottom of the league and there's nothing to play for. And, but they understand that culture It's actual football culture where I think major league soccer get it to a certain extent, but it is a, a lot more corporate and it's, uh, it's more stuffy than it, it, maybe it needs to be. I know some new teams are coming to like LAFC and uh, you know, Atlanta United are trying to mix things up a little bit, but it's definitely more of a, 
a behemoth of a club where there's a million people in the communications department, whereas USL, as you said, there might just be someone in there, you know, volunteering to help do something because it's uh, a smaller club, a smaller organization. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the MLS is, um, you know, it's, it's in that weird ground where it's in between, you know, traditional football um, organization and culture, you know, worldwide mm-hmm. and then American sport in the way that, you know, the whole league is, is sponsored by Adidas, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, I think as a fan, you, you want your club to get as much from its own manufacturer as possible to help build, you know, what that brand looks like. And, you know, whilst I do think Adidas did a pretty good job across all the clubs this season, it kind of just feels a bit wrong that they're all the same manufacturer and you don't get a little bit of, you know, um, a bit of flavor difference. And- yeah. 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 Are you seeing- so I think that's again that's again by the USL. I think, you know, it'll be really exciting to see, you know, who they partner up with and you know what they do and you know, from from a from a design perspective, you know, a lot of these it'll be a big bump for them to kind of, you know, do something, you know, interesting and new and, you know, set the tone. I think I think it's it's the opposite of obviously a job like Red Star, whereas where Red Star I think, you know, go back to, you know, before you know the 1900s and therefore you've got a huge amount of of um of history to deal with and to be inspired by whereas and i, and I love that i think it's what any designer you know you've got a huge bank of of um of content that you can you know use but compared to that you know you, with with american soccer you, you've got very little yeah barely so any got, you, yeah, yeah. See, but but that to me is you know I really like that challenge. I think that challenge to create something from scratch and and build what you want that brand to be is equally exciting. You know, and for sure, you know, uh, Roots have have done it so well. Mm. Are you seeing more? I know I can think of a couple off the top of my head here in the states, but like Icarus and Inaria, where you mentioned their asset FC could become a brand in its own rights. Do you think that, that there's a, a a trend emerging where that that's happening in in Europe and the rest of the world, or is it still quite um, quite subculture and a, a little bit more perhaps uh, niche right now? Um. You know, it's it's a it's a weird thing. The whole, I think, you know, you sort of focus there on those brands that are, you know that they are manufacturers of football kit of mm. the thing that you wear to play the game, and I, I think the 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 weird thing for me is, and maybe it's because I'm of my age, is you get to a certain point and maybe you stop wearing football shirts. Mm. And it doesn't mean I'm any less interested or in wanting to wear stuff that reflects the fact that I'm a football fan. Um, and I, to be honest, I think what I would like Asset FC to be and the position I want it to be is that it fits in next to those brands doing the technical, you know, the, the on-pitch wear. Mm. Because I don't think that's there's, there's anybody doing that job. And it, it, it's it's funny how many conversations I have with people about, you know, we as football fans, you know, we're we're savvy. We, we you know we understand design. We, you know, we want to be buying merch or you know wearing clothes that reflect the fact that we're football fans. Yeah, mm. nobody's done for football what the likes of Supreme or Palace have done for skateboarding. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's true. You know the the why can't you know and i think that one of the most interesting you know collaborations that's happened in the last few years is you know palace and juventus right yeah you know because it's 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 pulling football into a position where which it should it should be you know kids are queuing around the block to to buy the new drops from supreme why aren't they queuing around the block to you know, to do something, to 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 buy something that's representative, uh, representative of something that's so emotional to people as being a sports fan. Um, uh, you know, that's 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 my hope, and that's the position that I'd like Acid FC to to be in, compared to maybe you know those guys. 
in, in, you know, in many ways, you know, that's, that position allows me or allows the brand to do collaborations with those guys, mm. with Adidas and, you know, with any brand that will be interested and, you know, to maybe stay away a little bit from the sort of more technical on the pitch gear. When you're even, you've seen it here in the States that football shirts, football tops are, are becoming uh, high fashion is probably not the right word, but streetwear and like people are wearing them about. Like I'll, I'll go to a bar here and usually you'll see at least one person walking around in a PSG shirt or whatever it is, you know. So it, it seems like maybe even more so in Europe and maybe the rest of the world just because of the nature of how big football is. But it seems to be happening where that trend is switching to where people are wearing football shirts out where, like you said, like you and I might not wear buy a football shirt to wear, you know, to go in a night out in, but quite a lot of people are buying football shirts now as a fashion accessory, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Uh, you know, and it's, um, that's, it's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to me it's to me it's crazy i remember i think i see like 90s football tops are like fashionable again and i think like well <laughs> when did when did that happen that like your old stockport county shirt from 94 is like <laughs> 300 dollars on court kits <laughs> you know yeah it's yeah no, i i i i have no answer to it just <laughs> because i i'm blown away by the, the fact that this is happening mm. um i think it's great you know i think i think there's there's a lot to be said for it, you know, from a kind of um, an ethical and sustainability point of view as well. If, of, you know, isn't it brilliant that people are, you know, buying these kits, they've still got a life because they're almost bulletproof. You know, the, the old polyester stuff from the, from the eighties and nineties, you know, it, sadly it's going to exist probably long after we're dead. So so, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pleased that, you know, people are getting a lot of pleasure out of them. I, I, it's another bugbear of mine that I'm, I understand, you know, the commercialism of, um, of football. It is a business. Right. But I think there's a, such a responsibility um, to not just be producing loads of plastic. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of hark back to the days where, you know, there was a kit every two years. It's a home kit one year. It's an away kit the next year. And now you look at it, and um, this sounds sounds ridiculous coming from me who wants to you know do things you know you know within the the industry. But you know to have a what was I looking at the other day? Which club? Arsenal, for example. Mm. Um, who I think have got three amazing kits this season. Yeah, they look nice. Yeah. Yeah. But then they've also got, I think, a full training wear or two lots of training wear, I think it was, plus warm-up shirts for the league, warm-up shirts for Europe, and then probably it will be changed halfway through the season. And it just feels a bit much. You know, and and I'm wondering... Yeah, and I wonder if if there's going to be a bit of kickback, you know from that but then as far as fans buy them then you know they, they'll keep making them yeah the, mar- the market yeah. doesn't lie right if people if people are buying yeah. the shirts yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll keep pumping them out yeah no for, for sure and that, that, I, find, I find that you know I hope, well I hope that um, that the bigger brands because I think smaller brands you know like ourselves and you know once you mentioned it you know, we're kind of relying on the bigger brands showing the way mm. Um, in terms of sustainability and, and you know, um, and ethics. I don't want to go down that route. That's not what I want to talk about today. It's the rabbit hole, mate. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but I, you know, I think, you know, for any fans out there, I think, you know, it, you should ask yourselves those questions, you know, and, and look at brands that are trying to do the right thing. I, I was scrolling through your Instagram and I saw you did uh, where you were taking betting logos off the shirts. Cause that's, that's one thing I hate about modern football shirts. Some of them have got such cool designs and then slapped across the front. It's like Chevy or a betting company. And it's like, just remove that. And maybe it's nostalgic, but like, you know, you had Guinness on the QPR one, I think. And like, yeah, yeah. maybe that is nostalgic because they're all just big businesses as well it's just different from where every team has a betting company now like those are like throwback I guess right like Guinness or whatever JVC for Arsenal and 
And Sharp for Man U. Yeah, Sharp, yeah. I, I think I um, Carlsberg for Liverpool. <laughs> I think I think it's it, it, uh, it, it, again again it's such a difficult thing to kind of you know when when you're designing a kit um, you you want to think that the kit is going to look good but mm. then a logo can come along or a guy can come along with a load of money and say oh, we're, we're put, you know our logo is going on and you can't change that right you got to eat and, right? yeah and you know as a Leeds fan. The, the one that they've got this this year, this SBO top, mm. you know, I just as soon as it goes on, I'm like, oh, I can't, I'm, I can't buy that. You're, you're just a <laughs> walking billboard at that point, aren't you? Yeah, but you know, it's, but almost, I think maybe you know, it's a curse of a designer, anyways, that you're always looking at logos and thinking, is that a good logo or not? Whether you know, whether the business, whatever the business does, right? But um, you know, it, it's it's a surefire way in some cases of absolutely ruining a kit. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you know I, I think, I think you know, fans almost should be given the opportunity to buy the kit without the logos on. Uh, but then, you know, but then I don't know if people do it because they want the same kit as the players are wearing. So the, the last time I bought, I bought a, an actual Manchester United top, I bought like a, a snidey one, like I bought a fake one so it didn't have the Chevy on it. <laughs> Just because, yeah, yeah, it was still the same top, you know, but I bought it on like a a market in Mexico and it was like, the the shirt was great. It was the blue one they had out a few years ago and the shirt was really nice, but I'm like, I don't want to be walking around with like Chevy slaps all over it. So it's like, all right, it's 15 bucks on the market in Mexico. I'll I'll take that one instead. (laughs) I think, I think what, what, what's, you know, what would be more interesting is if, is if as a designer, you're kind of, you were designing the kit and working with, the logo making it kind of work as an entire three-dimensional object yeah, interesting you know I thought, I, I thought it was quite quite good actually you know when i mean it's it, it's not ideal because the chevy logo is so big but that dazzle camo if you look at the design of it they've actually left gaps in order for the the logo to fit and not be affected by the fact that there's a load of black and white around it. So, the, so they've kind of taken that on board because yeah. it's, it's a long-term, you know, uh, partner. Um, but, you know, I, I look, I look back at some of the things like, um, um, Ajax, they used to have a vertical logo. Mm. The Abna Mamro logo, That's if you remember at one point actually yeah, went down the shirt. In the nineties, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that is cool. That was class. And, yeah. You know, and I, and I also, you know, I, I think, you know, for some, um, for some brands, it can be a real bonus for them if they are cool enough to say things like, okay, we're going to be, you know, you can have an all black away kit and actually we're going to do our logo in black as well. So it's still there, mm. but it's subtle. And it means that the, the kit will, will look absolutely superb. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, things like, uh, you know, the PSG, you know, with, is it, um, at all or ALL yeah that logo is is so, so big you know that it kind of ruins it and you just think if you if it was underneath you know the the Nike swoosh and just small mm. how small would that be it's like less is more almost for them as well oh for, for sure yeah. for sure and you know I think they get so much you know credit for that if but but you know in my experience you know, sponsors aren't involved in the, the process and they just want that logo big they're not considering maybe that the fans would 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 be more on board with them as a brand supporting their club if they were willing to make their logo smaller <laughs> it's it's completely counterintuitive but i i think it would work you know paddy power tried it didn't they last season with um with huddersfield yeah you know where they where they, where they sponsor the kit by not having a sponsor on it I think that's maybe a step too far, <laughs> but but I appreciated what they were trying to do. Yeah, I think outside. You know, maybe, the box, maybe, so. maybe maybe they'd see my Instagram and you know the fact that I'd removed all their all betting logos. Maybe that was the inspiration. I'd like to think so, but yeah, no, that's that that's good, mate. I think that that's like you said, it's it's bold, but maybe too bold, <laughs> especially if you're trying to get your message out there. But Paddy Power's always going a bit above and beyond, aren't they? We're outside of the box yeah, yeah. with their ideas for for advertising, a lot of it sticks as well. I didn't like the thing they did at Shamrock. I think it was last week when they played AC Milan. 
Yeah, did, I don't know if you yes. saw they put it all over the stands, didn't they? Like messages to AC Milan, basically, like telling them to go home and all the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, at least you know, they're kind of brave enough to try things. So I think they've Definitely. got you quite a bit of yeah. talk, haven't they? They've got you've been fined, you know, I think, you know, right. fair amount. But, you know, I, I do think at least they're kind of they're entering the conversation within. Yeah. you know, within what they're doing in football and the clubs that they're involved in to try and, you know, be a bit a bit braver and do stuff. You know, whereas a, a lot of them, they just go, well, we're paying you a load of money, make our logo big, stick it on the shirt, and that's it. Yeah, see you later. Yeah. And it's, it's a bit of like, uh, it's like the artist dilemma as well, right? Because I guess this is the world we live in of football versus culture and money. And like this, there's this weird sort of... Uh, balance between the two where you've got to get the money right because you've got to make things sustainable and everyone's got to earn and the club's got to be a functional business but also you've got this like front facing thing where you want to make cool stuff you want it to stand out you want it to be different but then you slap a big logo on well you've like kind of sold out anyway right but you need to because you need the business to function so it's like this weird sort of balance between the two a bit of a dilemma between the two between making money and like the art i guess Oh, massively, yeah, and I think um, you know when if you know looking at what's been going on in the last few years that you know I think we're part of um, you know in projects that have cropped up. I think you'd say off the back of maybe fanzine culture. Mm. Um, so you know uh, fan groups within clubs setting up their own magazines. You know they 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 have the ability to do a, uh, be a bit more wild with their execution of, of, of their own, the brand, but then a brand that's attached to the football club, get a load of illustrators in, not be able to use official photographs. So therefore have to push the band <laughs> and push, um, you know, what is possible. Right. And I think, you know, that to me is, that's the beginning of how maybe this, this new um, era of, of, football culture is kind of happening mm. and I think the, the, the clever clubs are realizing that they can have a bit of that that they can you know do the same thing that they can engage with artists and designers to to, to you know be a bit cooler um, frankly um, and you know hopefully do merch that you know does resonate a lot more with fans rather than you know uh, I still can't believe that Either the uh, I used to, used to get a um, a catalogue. I remember it's like just before Christmas mm. you, when he went to the game. There'd be the centre pages of the, the program would have a pull-out bit that was kind of the Legion United catalogue for for what you wanted to tell your parents to order you at Christmas, mm. and it'd be terrible. It'd be you know of the usual thing of you know bed spreads, you know duvet <laughs> covers. Yeah. Um, you know, golf tees. A, cl- a crappy uh, clock, like, uh, yeah, yep. with a logo in the background. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, glasses, um, you know, a, like a, a terrible watch from a company who you've yeah. never heard of, yeah. all this stuff. And I think a lot of it still exists. A lot of it's mm. still there. You know, I'm sure if I walked into, you know, a, a, a the mega store of most football clubs, you could probably get a mouse back. Right. <laughs> you know, things, and it's, and it's just, you know, things that, you, you know, your dad used to bring back from conferences that yeah. just had the, you know, keep, keep so, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, this is my challenge to, to football clubs really is to, to look at, you know, creating stuff that people want and be engaged in the process and not maybe be fearful. Um, because you know they they don't they don't necessarily realize what people want um you know, it's, it's for us it, you know to c- kind of push to mm. try and get them to kind of see that these opportunities are, are i mean they're effectively risk-free in many ways for the clubs to do they just have to be brave enough to kind of to go for it um but no, just qu- and quickly, are, are grassroots teams doing this as well? Like I know you've mentioned a couple of teams there, Clapton, and are, are the grassroots teams. Is it becoming a bit of a trend for like teams, maybe even lower down than the actual sort of pro and semi-pro leagues? But your Sunday league teams are they starting to take things like this a bit more seriously with kit culture and Instagram and like building their teams? Do you know? Uh, you know, absolutely. And I think um, in, if you look on. 
um, on Instagram, you'll find uh, often actually it's women's teams that are doing you know more interesting stuff, and the bigger brands are, are noticing it. You know, I, I can see that you know some of them that play on Hackney Marshes, you know, um, are getting you know picked up by Nike and you know drone kit for free and getting to design their own fonts and numbers on the back. And nice. you know, I'm thinking of uh, teams like um, Vixens. Um, there's one called Greyhounds. Uh, who else? Bananas FC, I think, is another one. Nice. Um, I think you, you t- spoke to Felicia uh, Pennant from Season. Yeah. You know, they they know all, they're all over. You know that side of things, and you know I, I think that is that to me is is brilliant, and that's mm-hmm. what you know the, the big brands are. You know, any anyone in, in football should be doing is knowing that they can really go to town and creating their own identity, you know, with a club and not, we've gone full circle. Like we were like, we planned it, you know, about what an identity of a football team should look like. And it doesn't have to look like what's already there. It can be, you know, irreverent and wild and different Mm. and represent the people that are part of that team and feel like it's theirs, not just, you know, I'm copying a cut and paste, you know, clip art job of I've got a football team. And it's, that's amazing. And, and what a, a tremendous opportunity to connect with uh, an audience of, well, I, I've got more in common with someone like that plays on Hackney Marshes, so I can relate to that. It, it's uh, Manchester United, on the other hand, or any Premier League team, or it's sort of this faceless, like giant of an organisation where, all right, well, if you're selling your tops and they look really nice and Acid FC's designed them and you're playing Sunday league football, but you're also doing the stuff on Instagram and you're selling your shirts. I've seen it happen here in the States where like Providence FC and Paradise FC, like they're, they're selling yeah, gear yeah. and they're actually selling a good amount of gear, right? Like it's not just a, like a pub, a pub football team, but they're, they're selling tops now. So that's really interesting that, it's almost like the artists have taken over football and, and like kind of layering the art on top of football where an opportunity is emerging for people to do really creative stuff with what is seemingly like unimportant in the grand scheme of football, right? Because it's just an amateur sort of friends football team. But now you layer on top of it this really cool project. It's fascinating to see. Oh, totally. And I, I, you know, I think one of the, the crucial things is for the clubs to kind of keep the power and to, you know, and you know, the group of mates that are doing these kind of things to, you know, to not, not, I'm not saying not be picked up by, you know, the bigger brands because, mm. you know, as you've said, you said before, you know, money's important. And if someone's going to give you free stuff, you know, yeah. that's, you know, you're not going to turn it down. Um, but, you know, yeah, keep keeping that attitude and doing your own thing. I'm all over it. DIY, man. Yeah, you know, punk, punk rock. Punk rock, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So so and touching on that, touching on the musical part of it. So I was reading a bit about Acid FC Records. So tell us a bit about that. Tell us about the the musical influence behind things and um so I, I think it, it kind of it it bore out from you know, obviously the name Acid FC, you know, comes from this uh, this sort of idea of trying to be wild and mm. you know um psychedelic. So- Socadelic, um, yeah, <laughs> trademarked. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I, th- I think it, it sort of started off as you know that w- it's a way for us internally within the studio to think about how we work, rather than necessarily you're going to see psychedelic artwork on anything that we do. It is it's more of this sort of you know tagline about about us internally, um, and you know from that you know music's you know always really important to us. And um, I just, it just made, made me think a little bit about, you know, the, the, what football and music is at the kind of the level of what if, you know, the, the, the cup final songs, you know, and if people, um, you know, certainly in, in the States understand that there is this weird thing and I don't even know if it really happens anymore, hmm. but in, in Britain, in England specifically, when a club got to the FA Cup final, the club would release a song. <laughs> and it sounds absolute madness. Imagine the 49ers <laughs> doing a song where the players sing on it because they got to the Super Bowl. When you put it like that, it's very, very funny. 
it's mental, isn't it? It's absolutely mental. And you know, and, and sort of from there, it made me think. Well, what happens if you took, you know, a, you know, quite like, you know, obviously, but you know, um, acid house um, is kind of my kind of techno of choice. So I'm, a, you know, big indie fan as well, like you know, guitar yeah. music. But um, what if you kind of took that attitude a little bit and made songs that kind of reflected football, but were a decent style of music? Yeah, yeah. So and it was one of those conversations. You can tell it was one of those conversations that probably happened in a bar, probably late at night, <laughs> and it's just kind of run. It, we ran with it and went, okay, well, let's make some music. And I've got some friends that you know uh, make music, and it, so we thought, well, let's let's you know during the right at the beginning of lockdown. Actually, it was a perfect time for the for the for the guys that went, okay, well, let's let's start to make stuff and mm. you know so we, we, there's some really good um instagram and uh, messaging uh, so, uh songs snippets of songs that were sent to me like taking the match of the day theme tune and turning it into an acid house song nice. um but it's that's not not you know actually being turned into anything yet because i i you, you know you have to stop yourself sometimes and go is this a bit too comedy <laughs> you know we want to be taken fairly seriously we have got a sense of humor but you know there's how far can we go yeah you want to it's uh, borderline I, parody <laughs> exactly exactly so the, the so the music that is launched is it's it is traditional um you know acid house music um but it comes from a place of inspired by football and um and you know what's around us and actually we were approached um you know sadly we were approached in january by a, a bar in in london to actually host um some of the euro games oh, which right. would have been in the summer nice. to to basically have it as a you know acid fc hosts the games with we were gonna have you know the guys djing and you know light show and just see what would happen when you put kind of football in a um sort of clubbing environment and see mm. how how people sort of felt about that and it, it, bit of a, bit, again, it was a little bit of a kind of, it was going to be a bit of an art experiment for me because I don't know about you, when you go to a bar and you watch a game, sometimes the last thing you would want is somebody turning on a load of techno at the end of, <laughs> end of a game, if, especially if you've lost. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but, but on the other hand, you know, if, if you know, we, we, we were going to have, um, you know, a lot of visuals going on, you know, that were related to football, you know, to tr- it was going to make a lot of sense i think mm. when you were when you were there um and hopefully we get a chance to do that again because you know i think i think there's there's a place for it uh, you know again like, like we've been saying all along you know this sense of football is so important to so many people why can't it cut across you know fashion and music and you know life generally and not be seen as visually you know a bit crap <laughs> yeah right yeah true you know which, which you know unfortunately it, it it does a lot of the time you know yeah. these, these these brands are so huge and you know they have such an emotional time you know to to us as individuals even though i'll always say you know why am i do i get so emotionally tangled up with 11 guys that i've never met that i've no reason to i don't even know if they're nice people you know why why does can it ruin my week you know when 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 i've got no control over it yeah it's, it's absolutely insane yeah it's it's like a, a sport or, or a form of entertainment like no other there's nothing else that compares to it is there yeah and, and you know and uh, i've totally embraced it now i've realized of uh, you know having what we said earlier about you know seeing other other levels of, of uh, football and you know s- supporting other teams and and meeting people and you realizing that sense of what it, what does football do it mm. provides and what does any sport do it provides a sense of community um a a roller coaster of emotion you know family time um, i wouldn't i would not change it for the world you know it's 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 it, it, you should people should be happy that they're a sport, sports fan you know there's been times where i think my wife's not a, a, a a sports fan at all and there's been times where i've said i wish i was like you i wish i didn't care <laughs> because you know it's it's been it's been awful but you know I, the highs are so high mm. that it's worth it. you know i've been to the champions league semi-final in 2001 
mm. you know I, for the 16 years of her that's followed you know for my football you know team spending money really badly and you know everything else um i wouldn't change it and and for that moment of getting back into the premier league or like it's such a contradiction isn't it like your your best moments some of the best moments in my life are around football whether it was with family as you said or your mates or like just having that experience but then yeah when you've had a bad one it's, <laughs> it's earth and even now i think you know when you when you when you when you you know a little bit older and you know just that sense of it's it, there's there's a common ground there's mm. this i've never talked to you before Right. But we have this thing in common that allows us to waffle on for an hour yeah. and, and really enjoy it and have a shared experience. And um, it, I think it's great. You know, I always, I always used to remember my dad, you know, getting on flight, flights and, you know, as a family, you'd be like, oh, God, he's going to talk to somebody for, for an hour. You know, <laughs> the poor people, what's he going to talk about? And um, I hope he's not listening to this. Um, but I, you know, realised that that's kind of me now, and it's about football. And I've found, you know, reignited, you know, my love and you know, wanting to to do things things in football. It is a dream come true, and um, you know, I think that's 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 why you're doing it, isn't it? You know, no, it's, we're no, all the same. Yeah, no doubt, and it's a universal language, right? I mean, you can like over over the course of doing this show, we we run our business here of the soccer programs, but over the course of doing the show, we talk to people from all different continents, Australia, South America, UK, Europe, North America. And as you said, the barrier is, is dropped immediately because it's like, well, we're just talking about football right? and everyone loves football, whether you're in the art side of it, whether you're in the business side of it, you're like, it doesn't really matter because the conversations, yeah, it's just, it's a great, uh, not only icebreaker, but it's like common language, isn't it? Yeah. I think in, in many ways, the, the, the most difficult part of it is to, is 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 how how me as a designer or you know and, and as the brand is how to kind of take things forward and and do things that are different because mm-hmm. we all have this sort of shared kind of vision about what things are and sure. you know i think that that's that's kind of you know onto the future of you know where can we take the next bit because it's kind of in our hands as as kind of fans but you know being in the football culture side of things is you know we need to dream and we need to sort of get hold of football I think you know all those people that you speak to you know we have we have a chance to actually you know show what football can be in the next 20 years and that's so exciting and things are so much more accessible now right like this this conversation wouldn't have happened I don't even know maybe 10 or 12 years ago ago. yeah exactly Yeah, yeah 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 And and you collaborating with uh like you getting a call from Bellion. Well, it wouldn't have happened. Like so the barrier to entry is getting lower, so now everyone can get involved, right? Whether it is through designing or podcasts or and like so everyone everything's more accessible to people to get involved, whereas like talent may have been overlooked previously. And I understand like the cream rises to the top right and all the rest of it. But now I think that everyone can get involved and have a voice, whereas previously they may not have been able to because the barrier to entry was too high because mm. it, was, it was controlled by, you know, the same set of people, basically. I think, you know, the, 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 the interesting thing will be how the clubs react to a, to a lot of this stuff that's going on. Yeah. You know, and how how much they will be open to, um, you know, to seeing the opportunity that is, is, is there. I mean, it's for them to, to grab this opportunity, you know, and some of them are maybe being a, um, a bit quicker than others, but, you know, I'm talking to a lot of people that, um, you know, have links to clubs and, sort of the, you know, I'm hearing more and more that, you know, certain clubs are a lot more open to, to talking about, you know, developing different lines and, and trying things. Mm. Um, because you know, otherwise they will be left behind a bit. You know, I always, mm. always think I've had, you know, in fact, I've had conversations with, you know, some of the big clubs in in the UK, um, you know, on, on separate kind of business stuff. But it's funny with conversations I've had about, you know, um, say with with Man City, you'd have a conversation with, you know, the commercial guy there and and put something to them, and you know, it it, it might be a no, but in the same breath they'll turn around and say, but tell you what if Chelsea did it we do it hmm. interesting you know if Arsenal did it if Arsenal did it we do it so it feels like this is what's happening now because they're all looking at each other and they're all you know they all want to make money and you know certainly you know at this time you know 
and uh, back to grassroots the gate receipts that are not being had and might not be had for a long time means that the industry is is going to have a lot of heartache and distress yeah. and and the community does need to kind of grab you know and help each each other you know it's one of the biggest problems i think with the premier league is the fact that the money's not filtering down enough to to the lower levels and you know um you know being a berry going out of business you know it, there's a huge need for this for for all football fans to be fans of football not just their club definitely i read interesting i guess i've gone off topic a little bit but you know um last night i read that the uh there's supposed to be a late orient versus spurs game in the cup last night yeah, yeah, yeah. and that so the three of the players um from late orient were were fans to be positive so they had to cancel the game so um a load of the tottenham fans went onto the late orient um fan the, the shop and spent about 20 grand on buying some stuff from the shop that, that, that's amazing like it's great to see that kind of thing that, that that's what we need is like that sort of uh, communal effort where you don't just because you support spurs doesn't mean you, you need the pyramid right you need the teams in the pyramid for there to be yeah. a Premier League, right and that, that's great exactly. that's amazing so. exactly you know you know and i think you know that that as a kind of message of solidarity across the football community you know that sort of thing is is so important that's yeah, um I, i'm not i'm not sure that they'd have spent 20 grand at arsenal if arsenal were in trouble <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's probably well, and back, back to what you're just saying it sounds like as far as the forward thinking part you've talked to city and they say well we're not doing it if, unless chelsea do it but someone's going to have fir- first mover advantage i think right like one of these totally things, yeah. absolutely no, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm involved, you know, outside of FC, you know, I'm, I'm involved in a few different things, and um, you know, it, it certainly feels feels that way that um, so some of the clubs, you know, need to take a little a, a little risk, and it is a little risk, you know, for, for to be involved in, you know, maybe some slightly different merch angles or yeah. or, or or you know, media content, you know, because again, the, 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 they all want content, they all want something to say that's a little bit different, yeah. and um, you know, but you know, it just takes one or two, you know, that they will get a start on it and then, you know, the rest will follow. So I think, you know, that, uh, you know, what hopefully the conversation can inspire, you know, young designers to, to think, to think outside the box, to not, to fantasize, mm. you know, and, and think that you like, like say the fact that, you know, you can have access to people. And I'd, I'd, I'd say, you know, anyone that wants to contact me and talk to me about football or projects that they have going on and, um, and discuss, you know, what might be possible. Do it. I'm open, my my door is always open. Cool. Because you know, for me, that's how you know you get stuff done. You know, I love collaborating, and and I think um, the community generally, whether even if you're a Man U fan. <laughs> that's very nice of you. As soon as you said you're a, <laughs> as soon as you said you're a Leeds fan, I thought shit, he's going to hang up on me. <laughs> uh, no, we've, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Six... Go on, sorry. No, as I said, 16 years of separation. You know, the, the rivalry is, is back <laughs> and it's very exciting. As soon um, as I've, I've been cheering Leeds on to get back in the Premier League, like that, those were some of my favourite games growing up. I've been to Ellen Road, like, I loved those games against Leeds. Like, you want your rivals, you want the rivalry matches, you don't want like them in another division or going out of business or whatever. Like, you want to have those games. So, I was chuffed, man, when I, I saw Leeds come back up. So happy. Yeah, no, likewise. And, you know, I've, yeah, I've heard that from so many people, you know, yeah. Leeds fans are not, um, you know, as a, as a group of fans, they're not really liked by most clubs. And we <laughs> yeah. love it. Oh, yeah, exactly. We yeah, love you, it. you want some of that. So before we wrap up, before we let you go, what's next for Acid FC? So what are you, what are you guys working on next that you can talk about that's not, uh, that's not top secret? No, so as I say, I think, you know, there is a big focus on us, um, you know, looking at, you know who we want to be um if anyone goes onto the site at the moment you know it shows that we're a studio and that you know we've, we've, we're kind of wanting to collaborate and you know done these collaborations um so there is a, a quite a lot of internal you know stuff going on about you know hopefully moving in towards being a brand in our own right nice. but you know within that you know that takes takes a lot of um a lot of effort and um, an investment to kind of to make that work. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that's that's predominantly where you know what what we're doing. But 
you know, I'm having conversations all the time with with um, with different people about what what we can do, um, and you know, little. I like you know doing the odd little job. We'll you know do some pro bono stuff. You know, think things like you know you're saying about like grassroots. I was approached uh, last week by Bohemians FC in Dublin. Uh, they're they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, you know, and they, they do a, like a poster for Instagram, but they also screen print it, and it's for you know for each match. And I was approached to. Uh, to do uh, to do something for them, so we've 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 put something together that's um, a bit random for that. Um, there's still a couple of products waiting to drop for Red Star mm, that yeah. includes the um, the pattern that obviously we did. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see you know how that how that rolls out as well. Um, what else can I talk about? Not much. So where, where can everyone catch up on like your Instagram and your Twitter and stuff like that? Where, where can people follow the projects, the website and all the rest of it? Um, Instagram's probably the first place that things will come up. Um, it is a little bit on hiatus at the moment just because okay. of, you know, trying to kind of, you know, wait until things are ready. Mm. But, um, you know, the, the, the team around me, we do tend to have these random um, ideas now and again and, you know, uh, looking in our archives and, um, of you know logos and things that we've got knocking around. I think the the the, the difficult position for us is that um, you know we've got all the archive from like three years of, of playing around on Instagram, and now it feels like some of the archive could end up being part of the brand, and therefore should it still be on there or not? Hmm. So yeah, interesting. Uh, you know, I think that 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 could be. It could be that, that the Instagram might change and might not have as much on there. We might have to get rid of some of the stuff so that we're not giving it away as much. But yeah, we are Acid FC on um, Instagram. Uh, AcidFC.com is the website. Um, but yeah, some, definitely some exciting things coming up for sure. Brilliant, man. It's exciting seeing. Congratulations on uh, all the projects. The Red Star is, is super cool to see. And hopefully we get you back on in the future. Talk a bit about Leeds and uh, the, new, the new projects that you've got going on. Anytime. Uh, yeah, I'll be in touch when, uh, when things are uh, coming together. Yeah, class, mate. Well, listen, thanks again, Ed. And uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for what's coming on. Cheers, Adam. Take care, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. All right, that's it, everyone. It's the end of today's show. The final whistle has blown. I want to thank Ed from Acid FC for coming on the show. And I hope everyone enjoyed it. You can check them out at acidfc.com. We'll be back on Tuesday myself and Mr. Thomas Hurdle and potentially Fraser as well getting in the mix. We'll see, see if he's allowed back or not. But in the meantime, we'll be on social media at a healthy underscore obsession. And until then, be safe, be well, and we will see you all again soon. Thanks for listening.